I'm Hayley Trow, Senior Sales Trainer here with Evolution Recruitment. Welcome to our first instalment of the Evolution Exchange Learning and Development Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Angela Cripps, Ali Braid and Isabella Patsalou to discuss transforming learning for the digital age. Before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. Angela, would you like to kick us off? Yeah, love to. I got into the digital age of training only about two years or so ago, but have been in recruitment 33 years, uh, been a recruiter, been a trainer, been a manager, tried everything really. Uh, love the L&D side of it and been doing that for about 25 years now. So it's sort of me through and through, but digital is a little bit new and I've been <laughs> loving it. Probably for a lot of us, actually. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Thank you for that, Angela. Ali, would you like to kick us off next with your intro? Yes, sure. Hi, um, I'm Ali Braid, the recruitment trainer. Um, so, yeah, I run my my business, my consultancy um, for uh, business owners, solo recruiters, um, consultants and um probably like Angela sort of really still trying to get the hang of this digital digital learning and obviously the pandemic um certainly for me sort of kicked you know kick kicked that off in terms of my upskilling um also been in the industry have managed people been a director worked in operations hr facilities um and and again like Angela L&D though was always was always going to be my home um I've been in the industry for coming up to 19 years now but I try, I try not to think about that too much <laughs> wow <laughs> thank you Ali and Bella if you'd like to give us an intro to yourself that would be fantastic yes thank you so I'm Bella Patsalou so I'm head of talent and development for the SR group I similarly have been in recruitment for probably about 20 years as well so I was a recruiter for 10 and moved into learning and development about 10 years ago um I think, you know, as with everybody said, I think the last couple of years has really brought around a digital transformation within within the SR group. I think we've definitely been um, forced into the 21st century, but I think it's really exciting. And the last year I've really managed to to change the way that we train across the business. It's a, it's a global business, so we've had to really embrace the technology side um, and I'm loving trying different types of technology and, and really really excited to be part of this uh, podcast fantastic thank you bella it's great now we've had our introductions let's get into the topic shall we so you've each got a question around our chosen topic which is transforming learning for the digital age so i will work around the room posing your question to you along with understanding a little bit around the reasons behind that question and each of you will have the opportunity to voice your thoughts and be part of a great conversation so let's start with Bella. Your question, Bella, was we're trying to create more of a learner-led culture where employees choose their own learning and development rather than being enrolled onto mandated training. What online learning methods have proved to be the most engaging for the learners while still seeing improved results and bridging the skills gap? Bella, do you want to give a little context behind that question? Yes, so as I mentioned, we're, we're a global business and I would say the majority of our um, recruiters are experienced recruiters. And so we um, you know, don't want to enrol them onto mandated training. It's very much a case of them 
um, choosing what they feel that they need, but also what they're they're interested in and, and the skills that they want to improve. Um, and so for me, I'm really keen to understand um, what um, I suppose other kind of digital methods or online methods people are using that um, I suppose maximizes the time that people spend, that reduces the amount of time that takes them away from from their from their role and their busy desk, um, so that they're you know. I suppose in in the moment learning, um, but also as well that that training is still engaging as well, um, and also creates those real life scenarios so that people are drawn to the training um, and want to want to do it rather than feel like they're completing e learning courses that is is taking them away from from those real life situations. Yeah, yeah, so true. Angela, would you like to answer this question first? Um, yeah, I think it was one of the issues that I had that I hadn't got involved in online training over the years. It was actually three months before lockdown that I finally did <coughs> venture into it. But because of, I always felt, yeah, it was sort of a, a course, you, they were left to it. They had to then sort of sort themselves out um, and certainly through the lockdown as well with, with people not necessarily having someone next to them to give them a push or not. But it was through meeting Alex Moore, the recruiting gym and our, our company's online training powered by humans. It was the human element that I felt was missing a lot of the time. So we work really hard to create courses where you actually get access to a live coach as well. So it's not just that. And I suppose I suppose we're going back to if, if you're writing a course, it's back to the learning styles, isn't it? So if you're looking at so the four, four different learning styles, you always try and hit all four mm. in your course, in your training to make sure that whatever they are, activist, pragmatist, theor theorist or, or reflector, there's going to be something in there for them so that they can actually latch onto it and do and do it. So, again, our courses, yes, there's the workouts, so they've got to go and do it. So the activists love that. They just go straight to the work. <laughs> it's like, right, what have we got to do? I'm in there. Um, the theorists, there's, there's usually lots of different theories that they can then go and, and, and do their research on and spend more time. You, you know the ones that go and get the book on it. <laughs> fantastic they're doing that for themselves but that's what I thought sometimes was missing um, and therefore if we can combine all of it and that's what's been great over this last two years that actually I think those people that were just doing online training um, or did digital training how e-learning whatever we want to call it they would have had to up their game as well and I'm certainly not knocking them. You'll see me in recruitment juice. You'll see me on the TRM webinars and things like that as well. Um, but it's everyone got better. So what a great opportunity. Now, I don't know about in-house because obviously we don't always if they've got in-house training, we don't always get access to those. So did they latch on as well? Did they take the time to do that? Or there, my, my view is there were some companies that were just like, well, let's just do loads and loads of training then if we're not working during that time, which probably went the other way and put people off. Mm. So anyway, that's my two penneth worth. The fact is, make sure that yeah, you are actually hitting all of those four, because otherwise you're just going to lose them pretty quickly. I think you're right. It's that blend, isn't it, as well? And I think about um you know some of the online training that i've really engaged in there's a variety there so there'll be some videos to watch and then as you say there's some recommendations if you want to go and do additional mm. reading or you know further research um, but as you say it's that human element as well and i think sometimes that's what people really crave is that ability yeah. to be able to talk to other people about 
what they've learned and, and be able to share those ideas and those experiences. Yeah. yeah, that was critical for me to get to get involved so that the weekly webinars, um, so well, it's twice weekly for new starters for their first year leadership program. It's once a fortnight. We're not going to get them twice a week. Who am I kidding? Uh, <laughs> but once a fortnight, getting the leaders together for their and sharing and asking and challenging and questioning and finding out from each other. Oh, it's not me. It's everywhere. Um, it's great. Love it. So that community element of bringing people together and I'm not sure how well it would have worked four or five years ago but everyone's now so blasé with Zoom and Teams and whatever there um, and they're like yeah okay it's, it feels like you're in the room with each other I, I feel like that anyway because there's people I meet and I realise I've never met you in this last two years I feel <laughs> like some of my team we've been working together I'm, I met John Brooks for the first time a couple of weeks ago at a quarterly team meeting it's like, yeah We've been, we've been working together for over a year and I suddenly realised I have no idea how tall you are. <laughs> He's about 6'2", by the way. He's quite tall. <laughs> Thank you, Angela, for that. Hopefully that will help you, Bella, and give some insight. Ali, what's your view on Bella's question? So, yeah, I'm 100% with you, Angela. I think having that, having that mix and also, I know it sounds obvious and, I don't, you know, we don't want to be teaching each other to suck eggs but I guess as well just asking them you know what what do you enjoy what have you actually found helpful you know from from the the content that we've already had and obviously Bella you've been really driving that for a year so there's probably quite mm. a lot there already so maybe doing some kind of feedback uh, you know and a bit of analysis on okay well they're saying they they've really enjoyed this piece have we seen any return because I think you were saying as well about you know obviously we, we need that return yeah so you know some analysis on that because I think as well in what we do it can be quite hard isn't it because people can go yeah I love that video okay well that's great <laughs> but what did you do did you learn yeah exactly yeah. did you actually have a go at that mm. technique or did you actually put that into practice so and because I'm finding this when I'm designing academies and again, as we've all had to do over the last two years, you know, you can have content coming out your ears. So actually, I think maybe almost being a bit more streamlined yeah. and sort of going back to, well, what are the outcomes we're looking for? Is this the right way to get there? Because I think as well, you, you know, we all know as professionals what that learning journey should look like. And just because so-and-so in the German office likes to do lots of research, is you know is yeah. that the way forward um and also I was thinking as well you know could you have sort of your champ champions so when you've got videos it's not just you as the trainer or your team you know you've got the you have got the managers in this country and they mm. actually do a quick you know they do a quick zoom or you record them doing their I don't know you know their top 10 tips you know, um, yeah. because I think I think people love that, don't they? When they've got that variety of, of trainer and variety of delivery, but also it's people going, look, I've done this and it works. Yeah. 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 And, that, and, and that's really interesting because I think if I think back to like running face to face training, particularly in-house, I would always get an SME to come in and mm. talk about how they put it into practice. Because, as you say, yeah. they're doing the job now and people will learn from the top billers or the SMEs around how to do it. So it's how can you replicate that into more of a yeah. digital into a digital way? And as you say, it's those videos as well. So we can replicate what you would do face to face, but yeah. online. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Some great comments. And just to mm -hmm. maybe add a little bit of um, an insight for, for our experience here with an evolution, we have um, obviously trainer led training program. However, we're conscious that the engagement, it has to be from the consultants that are already doing the job. So they get heavily involved. And um, we have something that we've just started called just in time videos, which is where we'll have a consultant record, you know, whether it's a process video of how to board a deal onto the system or a compliance video or here are five top 10 tips. And I'll do these videos that are no more than five minutes. And they're there then in the training bank. So we can say, you know, you can take my word on what good looks like, but here are your peers doing just that day in, day out. So we've got a bank of just-in-time videos, but they also get heavily involved into the training program. So they'll actually run masterclasses. So they've got the engagement there. They can see who they're going to be working with. They can see that these people are senior billers within the business and that credibility is there. Because like you say, Bella, it's, you know, going back to my role in recruitment, if we ever brought in-house, sorry, an SME externally into the, the business, the credibility piece isn't there. They don't mm. know the story of the business. They don't have the system knowledge or the way in which we do the job. Obviously, recruitment is recruitment. The job is the job. It never changes. However, you need that instantly to be able to get people to jump on board and think, OK, I'll give it a go. I'll have an open mind. And we, we never quite got there from my experience. And now it's completely different. And the consultants are so heavily involved in the training, which makes a huge difference. And just like Ali said, the feedback culture that's really changed our business in terms of what do you think? What could we do differently? You tell us. Yeah. yeah. How do you get that engagement of people like wanting to, as you say, deliver the videos and deliver the masterclasses? I've just had this discussion yesterday and it's one of our questions for tomorrow lunchtime. So join us on Ask the Coach. Have <laughs> we got an engagement coach oh, on there? Because oh, okay. it's, it's critical at the moment. <laughs> I think mm. that the way they put it was we've had two years where everyone's worked their guts out. <laughs> we got through it. The company's doing really well, but the the engagement part, people are just sort of a little bit done at the moment. Uh, it doesn't help that we've not had sort of holidays and things like that. It's it's just really put pressure on people. So you're right, engagement, asking them to do something else on top of that mm. um, is really, really um difficult so what i did this week with a company we were looking at their appraisal system because they got lost for this company dur during the, the lockdown as well and said well look one this is your training needs analysis so we need we need to work out from there what's going to be needed in the next year but two it's your engagement piece um getting people to talk about what projects they'd like to be involved in coming up um what skills they want to develop and it's from there you can then identify those people like me that my first interview, have you got a training team? Because I'd been training in my job before recruitment. And I was like, have you got a training team? I'd love to be a trainer one day. And they were like, actually, we've got an award winning training team. So, yes, but hold your horses. Um, <laughs> but it was through the appraisals then that would get identified. Yeah. So it's yeah. those people that are sort of putting their hand up, maybe tentatively, but you've got to identify those quickly and jump on board with that. Get them to be guest trainers, really plot out their career and how it could go over the next year, two, three years. Then you've got people that actually want to help. Yeah. Um, now, if you do your appraisals and you've not got one of those, um, come back to me. But <laughs> that would be the starting point. Um, they have to put their hand up. They have to want to do it. It's, it's, it's not one of those jobs that people do just because they're told to do it. To do it. Yeah. And I was thinking as well, li linking that 
Angela, if you've got this sort of this learning library, which obviously Bella, you're, you know, you're always developing, could you also have a sort of, um, again, you know, ask if people want to do it, but if, if they want to make like those videos you were saying, Hayley, you know, a just in time video or what you call it, something mm. else, mm. but, and you maybe say, look, this is, this is a new, um, you know, project that we're running, do you want to be in the steering team? You can create mm. content. You can, you know, so giving them that responsibility. But you're right, Angie. But people either want to do it or they don't. Don't. That's that's just the way it is, isn't it? Yeah. But offering it as a, you know, you can drive this and you can, you know, be a part of the direction we go in and see see if if anyone, yeah, puts their hand up for it. Yeah, and I think, you know, no matter how how we deliver the message, the, the bottom line is is they are setting the tone for people coming into their team. So yeah. if anyone knows what good looks like, it's them. And, yeah. you know, it broadens their skill set. It helps with personal development. And obviously we want all of our people to come in thoroughly engaged, you know, learn the role, have the promotions. But with that, have the opportunity to develop and grow as managers and future leaders themselves. So, and on top of that, we also, which might help Bella, embed it into our promotional criteria. So it's one of the part yeah. of the competencies that they help yeah. out and run masterclasses, et cetera. So then it's kind of a no-brainer, but they sharpen their skills. They are doing the job daily. They are, you know, stepping up and saying, I want to get involved. And I know the difference we have from the trainees. I can run a 12-week session and just be, you know, Haley the trainer every single day, but they don't just want me and my voice. They want to hear it from the team. Yeah. And it's interesting you should say that because we've recently just reviewed all of our internal job descriptions and appraisal and promotion criteria. And it's it, it's very much particularly at that kind of senior consultant above level. Yeah. How are you sharing your knowledge? Are you mentoring, you know, ideas around supporting training, masterclasses, things like yeah. that? So Brilliant. I think it was never written down before, whereas now it's explicit. So we can definitely start to use it more as development areas or promotion criteria. That's just solved your problem for you, isn't it? Fabulous. <laughs> You've got a big thing there, haven't you? Thanks, lady. Lots, lots, really lots to full on. Anyone listening to this now is going, oh, God, God, put that on my appraisal form. Yeah. I've written down loads of things already. <laughs> it's so fine. It wasn't even my question. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, Always I hope learning. you got some <laughs> So obviously we've had Bella's question. Angela, we'll move on to your question. So your question was, we're always worried that with people working from home and leaving them to complete the training on their own, it means that it's not going to happen. What can we do to make sure that we're getting return on investment and the learners are getting what they need to? Ali. Yes. Oh, sorry. Oh. <laughs> I'm just, just going to give, yeah, give, give a little bit behind that. Yeah, me. Give be, a little bit of context, please. Yeah, being external your... trainers, ROI is always one of the first questions when we put proposals in. Um, but internally as well, you're going to get pushed on that mm -hmm. as to, uh, and especially, I mean, if we do end up in a potential recession next year, then training is always the one that gets squeezed. So if you can produce now, what you're doing and that the return on investment is really important so yeah definitely would love to hear um, from the ladies on how it's going to make sure that they are they're getting what they need but also the company is actually getting what it needs from it as well okay fantastic ali do you want to kick us off with your answer yeah so oh, yeah i mean this this is always difficult isn't it and i think as you say that the digital aspect 
and if it's not happening in a room um and yeah when does it get done is it getting done um when i was thinking about this i guess the obvious thing i thought of was you know are we asking them but i say that in terms of you know is there that management level sort of checking in you know and having those discussions as you would if they just come back from the training room you know how was that what went well what was useful um you know so like you were saying before bella still having those sort of types of conversations but they're not necessarily sitting next to each other you know mm. it's on a zoom or they're ringing you know that they're, they're talking from home but i think having those check-ins is so important isn't it mm, um yeah. and and not just letting oh good yeah they've had their training with angela on this today or they've done that with bella you know but actually right what have you covered let's talk about it link it to their appraisals you want to improve on this how is that going to help you? What are you going to implement? So I think, you know, there's a lot around if you're if you are delivering digital learning, the managers and anybody that is supervising and developing has to be so involved now. I think even more so perhaps mm. than, you know, two, three years ago. Um, so that's sort of my take on it. But then, of course, it's right. Then have we got to upskill the managers to make sure that all those things you know, are happening. Um, I've been asked to do quite a few bits of trainer trainer uh, pieces of work. And I think that's partly why, you mm. know, to sort of make sure that the managers are comfortable having those conversations. Um, and, and then I guess also on the back of that going, right, well, you know, you've had this training, you've done this, I've not observed you know any differences or you know looking the outputs i know we you know we sort of talk about outputs but we need to don't we you know has anything changed you know on the, on that bottom line um and then how do we prove it so i think again sort of almost working backwards and going okay well what's what is the observable outcome of something someone learning this you know what are we expecting and again you know people checking managers checking and having mm. those conversations but I do think it's it adds another layer doesn't it you know when we were all at home and oh how do you know what people are doing yeah, yeah. um and but I think if you've got you know if you've got that culture already then you're, you're halfway there aren't you you know sort of having those types of conversations mm. yeah what do you think, think about now I think it's interesting because a lot of people a lot I've had recent conversations around um, the where people are working more remotely now. So we've mm. we've adopted a high we've like adopted a hybrid a permanent hybrid working culture. So two days in the office, three days at home, and so and some of our like our US office are all 100% remote. So um, you know I've heard a lot of conversations recently about people not learning through osmosis of of being in the office. Mm -hmm. You know the training has has moved you know, a lot of it has moved either like virtual training or kind of more like e-learning digital training. And I think um, you're absolutely right, um, Ali, that the those check-ins need to be a lot more deliberate mm. um, and, and factored in as well. And, the you know, the managers need guidance on how to support with the training post, you know, completing an online course or, you know, an online um, workshop. And so so what we've done, for example, is we um, after at the beginning of each week, we send out a checklist of what the manager needs to do. 
so they know what's being covered like ie what's being covered in the workshop or in the online training and what activities they can do to support that individual so that's broken down on a weekly basis um also as well um i think um in terms of that roi like how do you measure that roi and obviously there's still an element of being able to observe but also as well you know we've started to factor in assessments as well so they'll have four weeks of training and then they have eight weeks of assessments with the l d team where we could coach them on a call or we ask them to submit something online to us so you know we've kind of thought about what would happen if we were running face-to-face -face training what would be the actions after and how can we in the absence of being there in person how can we measure that and i think actually that's more effective than when i was delivering face-to-face -face training because we would set actions and a lot of the time we wouldn't follow up mm. or we would rely on the managers to do it because we know they're sitting next to them so we know that they're going to listen to a call or that they're going to do a role play with them that's not happening now so we are being forced to have to put those check-ins in yeah. place if that makes sense yeah yeah i think it was critical beforehand because although you say yes they would listen to the call the manager you know they were listening would they actually do anything about it that was the yeah. issue it was it was only potentially if it was really bad they might then step in but if it was average it used to get left if it was really good they wouldn't necessarily get the praise either so again training the managers i was giggling when you said about the train trainer i'm sitting next to a big big chart of all my train the train oh, really? stuff. i'm designing <laughs> it at the moment with uh, charlotte clark yeah doing that one oh. and you're right i'm getting more and more coaching with yeah. internal um trainers as well to, to help them with that because I think there's probably there probably is a big gap where actually it has been through osmosis. Like you say, people have learned. I was very lucky joining a training team where there was such a systematic approach to training, lots of theory and logic behind it, and and you, you went on continual courses. But the majority of companies don't have that for their L and D person. I mean, it's very frustrating and annoying from my point of view. But then, like Ali said. It's it's time for her to share her knowledge and uh, yeah, we've got to pass it down to the next generation, I think, haven't we? Because <laughs> who's gonna do it otherwise? Yeah, we'll <laughs> I think it's um just to add to that, it's it's changed a lot. I mean, obviously here within our business we have a lot of billing managers, so time is always an issue. Mm -hmm. Um and you know, they this in the contract team here, we have two dedicated trainers who look after the UK contract business. So we do all of the training, all of the coaching. And the way that we communicate that with the directors or the billing managers is to have those monthly check-ins. We use Trello quite a lot. So we have a coaching plan with everybody that we're coaching. And then we have designated time, depending on what level you're at in the business. So if you're a trainee, you get an hour a week. If you're senior, you might get an hour bi-weekly. Um, so that's set. That's our service offering to the business. And that works really well. But communication is key. But yeah, I think with that accountability piece, checking in and making sure that they followed through. Here we don't have an LMS, so it's not like we can log on and see the green tick to say the individual's completed it. So there's a lot of follow-up sessions. Nobody here has one coaching session on one topic. We will have it as a project-based coaching. So it might be two or three coaching sessions for that one particular need. Um, and it will be, okay, let's do a seek to understand session then we'll look to implement and then we'll follow up with how it's been embedded so we can really test and then we'll feed that back and communicate with the managers who are always on board and completely in sync so they kind of never not know what's going on mm. but we wouldn't leave it for them to just purely dedicate the time to that issue it will always be shared with the coaching team and we will 
we will pick that up at first hand unless they need to get involved. They tend to just communicate with us. Angela, you wanted to make a point? Yeah, you're talking about that not having the access to see. I think that is one of the critical things yeah. if you are going to do online learning. Um, so if you want me to recommend it to your company, then I'm happy to do that. To get you <laughs> that, that was a huge leap for us. We moved forwards from and we did change from one platform to another because people were asking us, well, when did they log on? What have they covered? How much have they done? We didn't have any of those answers on the old platform, whereas now we can see the time, we can see how long they've spent on each session, what percentage they've completed, when they were last on there. Um, so all of that data is really important for that manager uh, to be able to double check. Plus, we, every now and again, it's not often, but every now and again, we will have to give the feedback. They're spending three seconds on each session and there's like a four <laughs> minute video in there. There is no yeah. way. They're just going click, click. <laughs> Click, click, click. We can see that. We we tell them that at the beginning as well. We say, look, we can see how long you've been, and they still, I oh, don't get it. And it's like, yeah, no, you can't get away with it nowadays. That's the key. So don't expect to be like that. Yeah, if they whiz through it straight away, I'm on there looking at the data, and it's like, yeah, no, you've not done that at all. Bella, what were you going to say? Um. Yes, yeah, so we so there's a couple of things actually. I think now where um, we do have an LMS, which um, when I joined actually was was really just to host compliance um, modules, but now we use it to host all of our courses to, to obviously track attendance. Um, we've got a lot more kind of e-learning modules on there as well. And as you say, you can obviously see who's completed what training, but also as well put assessments in there as well to actually assess the training. So it's not a case of, oh, they've ticked it, it's fine, but actually have they passed? Mm -hmm. um, but also what's really useful as well is we've recently in the last year introduced LinkedIn Learning. So everyone has a LinkedIn Learning license. So where we're trying to move towards this learner-led culture of you know, making the, the learning available as and when you need it mm. um, is really useful to be able to sit down and look at that data and the key themes that people are, um, you know, accessing the resources themselves. So, you know, it could be that, for example, there's a particular topic that, you know, majority of people are accessing that we just didn't really realise was actually really important. So then it helps to drive, you know, where our training might be, in the future as well so that that data is really really useful to see what are people engaging in um you know what what are the topics that are that are, that are most relevant yeah yeah i agree and we we, we use linkedin um, we have linkedin learning um as i say a lot of the master classes and um, the bigger coaching topics tend to be run by the consultants themselves because it gives them a chance to say to to refine and brush up their skills but I think it's difficult, isn't it? Because if we're like you, Bella, we have a hybrid working policy. It's a guideline, basically. So there's no, you have to be in a certain amount of days. They're just guidelines. And we tend to do all of our group training in-house because you just never quite get the engagement level that you need, no matter how many polls you run on Teams yeah. or, you know, introducing whiteboards. You can make it as digital as you want, but you yeah. never quite get that intensity that you'll get in a room. But I think it's very different for solo learning and it has to be followed up because, like you say, if you've not got no way of tracking it and we don't have an LMS and right now, I think there will be a need eventually, but right now we're OK. But the accountability falls on the individual, the coaching there's enough of us to be able to cater for the people we have in the business. But as we grow and scale, you could easily lose sight of what is being done and actually being followed through. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some really interesting points. Angela, does that help give you an insight into your question? Yes. Yeah. I mean, really important to hear what other people are doing. And um, certainly, yeah, just just having the discussion is fabulous. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. 
And Ali, your question was, does classroom and academy style learning still have a place in recruitment businesses when the current trend towards learner-led and online and in the flow solutions are being successfully used? Do you want to give us a bit of context as to why you chose that question? Yeah, so I have been asked to design academies now that are more of a, a hybrid. So, you know, they are there are some face-to-face -face elements and there are some online um, elements as well and learner-led and all those great things we've been talking about, you know, learning communities, all of that. Um, and I guess it really takes us back to, and we've sort of touched on it a little bit, haven't we, already, that in the flow, you know, or you listen, you hear someone say something on the other side of the office, uh, you go, oh yeah, that's, that sounded good, I might try that. Um, you know, being with other people, mm. we know in, in our industry is 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 important and certainly when you're learning so I'm really just interested to get your perspectives and hear how how you're doing it you know I I think as a hybrid um that for me feels like a good a good place to be um but I'm just really keen to hear yeah sort of how you guys are approaching it um you know especially when you have got clients as a, a consultant who, are, you know, we want it all to be face to face. <laughs> and I find myself, you know, just questioning it, whereas I wouldn't have done several years ago. But I think now there's, you know, there's an argument for, for, on, on many levels for it not all have to be face to face. So I'm just really interested, yeah, to, to hear what you ladies think, really. Okay. Angela, would you like to kick us off? I think we're in a situation now where we've got the best of both worlds because you would have had those stalwarts that no, it's got to be in the classroom, they've all got to be there, all got to be the details. Well, they were forced <laughs> to do it and we proved that you can. Yeah. Um, one of the things I'm most proud of, I've been writing onboarding programmes for about 15 years for companies. And I kept saying I was going to put it online, put it online um, and finally got it there last year. And the feedback of people, yeah, starting, never been in recruitment, in their bedrooms <laughs> working and being successful and billing within sort of four, four or five weeks. It can be done. It all just down to the individual. It's down to the attitude of that person. And then, of course, the attitude of their manager willing to support them and help them along the line. So you can do it either way. You don't have to make a choice anymore. So why not take the best of both? Um, I love I love classrooms. Back in we did our first open course this week. Back in the classroom, yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it's it's an hour dedicated time focused on a task when they then put it into practice for the next three hours, and then it's another hour in the afternoon dedicated come back put it into practice so they don't have to be going anywhere or changing or moving around. They can be where they are. They can get on with it straight away. We're doing something called the sourcing circle at the moment where we part of it, there's four elements to it, but part of it is a co-working session because we found we really liked as a team, some of us, we just got on teams and worked. Mm -hmm. So they, the video would be there. The, the, if we needed to ask a question, they'd be there. But you just got on with your work while you were doing it and it felt like you were sort of working together. Yeah, yeah. So again, the, you can actually do that with a senior consultant, with a manager, have them working there, have them online, they're doing their calls, they're listening in, they're on mute scenario. Um, why not? Why not do that? And that, that's working really well as well, where people are getting the opportunity. The way, the way we do it is make sure you set an objective at the beginning of the hour, you then do a 45 minute sprint, crack on what you've got to do, get on with your work, and then catch up again at the end, another five minutes uh, to then decide, right, 
need any help but in that time they can come online they can ask questions they can do if they need to so in other words you've just got a bit bit of a um, safety net for those people I love academies I love the graduate programs and of course at the moment everyone's talking about them because we can't get experienced recruiters we need to bring in new lifeblood to the industry and it's always a great thing um our interview this morning was with someone um our early careers week we're doing at the moment and she'd only been in six months oh my god she was amazing and it just made me feel so proud <laughs> of actually this person that's come in they've done six months she's on a webinar with us to I don't know 800 people that can can watch it they don't turn up live we know that now uh, they, did, they did at the start of lockdown no one knew what to do did they which is why we started it it's called the daily workout we thought it'd be three weeks we've done number 550 this morning <laughs> we didn't stop we carried on when everyone else stopped we went no we like this we're carrying on gets me out of bed in the morning right so having that opportunity of actually all these resources there's so much more available for everyone that actually yeah you can have online you can have it let's mix it up that helps with all those different learning styles it helps with the people that are dyslexic like lady this morning chelsea um because again just being able to talk it through rather than reading it or writing it so can mm -hmm. i do the both um again yeah I, th I think we're in a much stronger place than we were a couple of years ago um i think people have embraced it and they know that it's going it's it's here to stay so those companies that are still pushing back and want it in the classroom you're going to lose people you need to be flexible flexibility is the key to everything at the moment in whatever you're doing um so listen to your people would be my starting point and and think about how they actually prefer to learn and what's most important to them if it's an academy and everyone's got to go through it at the same time, just put loads of different things and, and different activities in there and, and mix it all up. But if it's something that's a little bit later on, speak to them first and ask them before you design it um, and, yeah. and work with them. And that way you get their engagement anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good answer, Angela. And I think variety is key. And just yeah. touching on the trainees, um, you know, absolutely beginners coming into the business with no prior even sales experience, mm. coming straight from university. And we've done, we've been really successful off that. We've partnered with local universities and had brand ambassadors within those universities, passing on referrals. And out of that, they've had a job with us, and that's worked really well for us. Um, but the training program can be quite intense. And if you did that all in a classroom and, you know, you're trying to cater for different learning styles, how is that going to be effective and or engaging? So I think, yeah, where possible, we definitely mix it up. And we've seen such a difference in terms of when we ask for that feedback, it's what they want. Mm -hmm. You know, we all know that in a, a session, trying to ask for somebody to listen, engage and then retain that information. It's only a small percentage, isn't it, at the end of the day, that's actually retained. So, yeah, we have to test that and trial different ways of working. And if the podcast and the way the world is, is around transforming learning for the digital age, then, yeah, I think we need to move away from just having classroom based training. Yeah. That's my opinion anyway. <laughs> You've also got the fact that you get up in the morning, you go, oh, I've got to go somewhere. <laughs> Yeah. We're out of routine now. <laughs> I damaged my knee running for the train on the way back as well. So injury wise and getting <laughs> out of it's not, it's, it's it's not safe. high risk now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, Bella, what are your thoughts? Um, so, yeah, so we've had probably in the last, I suppose, nine months, we've run three different academies. And I think each time we've learned from each one. So we've been through a bit of an evolution, actually. So um, when we started last year, we had a hybrid. So we had a group of consultants in London and then we had our global consultants conferencing in, which I'll be honest, didn't work at all. I don't think we had the right tech for it as well. So they couldn't necessarily hear everybody properly. And when it came to activities, um, you know, we wanted to try and involve the virtual consultants with the consultants in, in, in the room as well. And it it just it just didn't didn't work at all. So second time round, we ran um, face to face and then a separate online one, which worked much better. And we had a lot more engagement from the virtual consultants because they were all, all together online um, and it's been really interesting actually because there has been a push to do more face-to-face classroom-based training and partly I think it's the managers because that's what they know and that's what they think is the best way to to deliver the training but we've also found that the cohorts enjoy having that peer group as well they all join together it gives a chance for them to get to know other people outside their teams. There's a great cross-selling opportunity there as well. So, and they learn from each other. So it's not just one, um, you know, one team doing something that, that way that, you know, they learn from each other. So I think when you're bringing in those kind of grad cohorts, that social element is still really, really important and it, it just isn't replicated online. So that's, you know, that's kind of how we're running it now so if we can get them together face to face fine but we're also running the online ones as well um i think also as well what we've really really learned as well is the um they just want really short condensed sessions so before we were running an hour and a half now for me an hour and a half online i don't think is long because it's interactive it's not presenting it's interactive um but we've been told i had a conversation with the us the other day no more than 30 minutes and I was like panicking thinking what well, how are we going to condense all the content into 30 minutes and actually I spent this morning with um, my L&D consultant going through it and actually we've both come up with the conclusion that we're actually going to enjoy delivering a really short focused 30 minute session but then it's what do they do afterwards and so it's right okay what can we condense in 30 minutes but then straight away they need to go and put it into practice and then we want to see evidence of it as well. So they either submit something to us, they record something, their manager observes it. But the key thing is that they then don't go back and revert back to, right, that was a great session on this. I'm going to now carry on. They have to put it into practice. So as I said, it's just an idea that we've come up with this morning. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But it's really interesting how they want short, they should want short sessions. And it's potentially reflective of the market. It's, it's extremely busy market at the moment. They want they don't want them off the desk, as, you know, for any length of time. So it's like, what can we do that they're still learning, but they're able to put it into practice straight away? Um, but I think with that is there has to be pre and post course work as well. Yeah. So yeah. they come to that session being primed as well. So whether they've done some e-learning already or they've shadowed someone and they come with an example of what they've done. So we're not starting with, you know, with no understanding of the topic. They've they've come with some understanding of the topic and then we're layering on top of that. But then it's like, how do you now put it into practice and how can we evidence it? Angela, you've got. A yeah, um, I'm, I'm thinking it's indicative of the times, isn't it? We want everything now quickly yep. on demand <laughs> next. <laughs> We don't want it too complicated. So if you're just going to pick one topic and go with it, 
and focus on that and like you say put it put it into practice again I, th I think that's a great opportunity for us as, as L&D people it wouldn't have worked in the past because you're not going to go somewhere just for half an hour or an hour yeah. but mm -hmm. now it's it's like yeah we can do it by the hour or so or you can book for the whole day or the half days but um yeah. the fact that it it's mix and match it's a, it feels, it feels like you're at sort of pick and mix we, we've got all these sessions and people just go right i'll bit that one that one that one that one <laughs> these 40 and then we put it together and and it's really easy it's so i think it's anyway so much easier than it was so again if that's how they want it great give it to them i think like the the, the sort of, i think the topic i was at the um did anyone else go to the learning tech expo last last week or a couple of weeks ago the learning technologies expo mm -hmm. it was really interesting like the theme of the moment is micro learning and as you say it's completely that it's on demand like short bursts and some of the things that were really interesting were in between let's say you are delivering training or you're asking them to do online training like what are they receiving in between that's going to keep that their you know that top of mind so like notifications or text messages or setting them challenges so that they're constantly learning but it's in much shorter bursts and I thought that was really really interesting actually because um you know it's, it's like if they're getting a challenge or a text every single day it's top of mind isn't it interesting and just going back to Ali, I know you've got um, a comment that you want to make. I just wanted to touch on what Bella said there about yeah. delivering um, that 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 session that could be an hour and a half to us. It's the norm. But I find that in-house we review every um, training session. We ask for feedback and um, whether you're trainee or senior person within the business. What did you think? What did you like? And what we're noticing is the trending shorter. And I get it. Some days, you know, if you're running a, a training session, it's an hour and a half, two hours. It can be trying to put all of like the fire in your belly and the passion. It can be emotionally draining for the trainer, can't it? Um, to, to get that across, that message. So we do a drip fed learning approach. So there's like a three stage training session with, with three, three stages in that session that we want to try and get across. We'll do one stage, go away, practice, do that. When you get good and competent at that, come back, we'll do stage two. And we found that that really works well for the individual the group and the trainers so yeah Ali did you have something to say yeah it was just off the back Bella of your micro learning point so I've just started writing on an app micro learning courses so I would definitely like to talk to you about this because um a I think it's that whole in the flow and they're super quick to design so I can show you the I, I can share with you all the the, the app that I'm using right. and it's it, it's interesting I think from from our perspective when we're probably used to writing really detailed notes really you know designing slides do all of that and and micro learning really is um you know sort of well the, the one that I've got is it's sort of 10 slides if you like but on your phone so it's literally right. this yeah. is the top line you know, so I was doing, what was I doing this morning? Um, objection handling for gatekeepers. So I've literally done 20 slides. Bup, 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 bup. And, you know, and you can sort of add silly gifts and you can make it, you know, you can make it fun. But it's that sort of top line, right, what do we want people to remember? And I mm. think that, again, that's quite an exciting thing because you can say yeah. to people, right, look at the micro learning. What had you forgotten? What are you going to do again now? Now you've remembered that bit now report back so yeah like you're saying Hayley, it's mm. that sort of drip feeding but in a a really friendly consumable 
way and I think we you know that that's the way for me learning is going that it's 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 easy to consume so yeah it's 30 minutes well of course everyone's got 30 minutes you know it's that it's that kind of thing isn't it oh well I'll just look at 20 20 quick slides oh yeah I remember when Bella said that I remember when Angela said that um so yeah so it'd be good to have a chat with you because I think yeah yeah it's it's really interesting I do also think it's not going to be for everyone and that's that's yeah perhaps yeah. the other well, that's with the variety isn't it that we but need to kind of adapt yeah. and cater exactly variety is the spice yeah we so they say <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing obviously um in-house trainers we have it easier in the sense that we have the time to put that together and drip feed it across the business over a period of time and where it's more freelance and they want to you know and um, charge you out for an hour or a full day you've got to try and squeeze it in but still keep the retain the message of what you're trying to get across so I can imagine maybe that's something we talk about more offline because I'm sure we could take away Bella some insights on different ways of delivering the message internally as well because yeah the drip fed way I think that approach definitely has made an impact in our business when we look at the feedback from the individuals and the group sessions to say that was just really engaging and refreshing and that suits my learning style to a T and gone are the days of here's your workbook with a test I'll see you in a week log in tick that box let me know you've done it <laughs> yeah it's changed hasn't yeah, it massively yeah this has been the evolution exchange learning development podcast I've like to take the opportunity to thank Angela Cripps, Ali Braid and Isabella Patsaloo for, for providing their insights into the topic and thank you for listening. See you next time.